0: Welcome, everyone, to the Great Scott Podcast. Mike's guest today is Terry Rich, successful CEO, international speaker, author, and recent CEO of the Iowa State Lottery. Mike and Terry talk about how he got his start, how failure is the first step to success, and about his recent inspirational book, Dare to Dream, Dare to Act. Terry,
1: first things first, um you come from a small town in uh in, in Iowa and I think I was reading, um, it may have been an old article, but uh that there were about fifty people living in Cooper, Iowa, and uh is that been your permanent residence all these years?
0: Uh I, I grew up in Cooper on a farm and then went to school at a at a college here in the in the state of Iowa and ultimately started in the cable television world. And that's really got what got me interested in in uh programming and production because in that cable company it was the early days poor cable was cool we got to work with Ted Turner and start uh stations like MTV and all of these different uh networks and it really got me excited about uh uh doing on camera and and, and ultimately trying to do a lot of a lot of television in the world um, but that- uh, it, it started, and, and of course, it helps when you have parents that are encouraging. They'd always tell me, you know, try new things, that sort of thing. So uh, I, I realized from an early age that failure really is the first step to success. And I say that because it started when I started with a cable company. I was doing a lot of on-camera talent work, and my uh, I looked up and realized I didn't have a 5 o'clock shadow during the 5 o'clock show. So I decided to write Schick and tell them how great their razor was, And so I wrote him and said, hey, you know, this is great. And if you need me for a television commercial, give me a call, knowing that in two weeks they'd call me and say, come on to New York, let's do a national TV commercial. And for those two weeks, it's kind of like playing the Powerball. You're sitting there waiting, thinking, what happens if I win? Well, I kept thinking, what happens if they ask me to be on national television? And it got me kind of excited. Well, two weeks to the day, I got the letter back. And it said, dear Mr. Rich, we're glad and expressing your complete satisfaction with our Chick Trek 2 Razor. Unfortunately, Rupp wrote their own company. It was Gillette that, that you're supposed
1: to, write <laughs> to.
0: So I failed. But what that did was give me the the excitement to say, I want to make that one of my goals in life. And ultimately I've been able to appear on all three major networks, uh, and ultimately the Carson show.
1: And that's one thing um, I was going to ask you uh, here, here in just a moment about Carson. I was just curious uh, if you fell into it by accident, uh, the whole TV thing, or if that was kind of your plan all along, was to go into some sort of TV medium.
0: Like, I really liked the TV, but in Iowa, how do you do? You know, how do you come up with an idea or do do anything that lands you on national television? Well, so happens it went back to my hometown. My hometown decided they wanted to have a centennial. They were 100 years old and. They uh, they had never had a centennial and so they said let's have one. Would you help us with publicity? So I did a press release and basically uh, just from idea said let's adopt a celebrity because no one famous from has ever come from Cooper Iowa. Would you would you claim us for one day during our centennial? So we sent out uh, I sent out 44 letters uh, to uh, all of the all of the press that I knew and I had way too many but I sent 44 out and only one press contact called back because we were saying we want to adopt a celebrity uh we'll give him a free oil and lube at the local get, uh, station we will <laughs> give him a free cemetery plot we'll name the main street after him we did some real hokey iowa stuff in there and uh uh and then asked him some questions you know the difference between an apple pie and a cow pie uh isaac cooper was the founder of cooper and he was buried nice Isaac cooper grave. well make a long story short of the 44 letters 43 failed we got a call from Bruce Canner from the United Press International. He said, Hey, this is kind of a fun story. I'm going to stick it on the wires. And it landed on Johnny Carson's desk, at WKMBC. So I get a call almost 30 minutes after he sticks it on the desk, and it says, Hey, this is Jim McCauley. I'm the talent coordinator for the Tonight Show. Johnny, as you know, was born in Iowa. Where we like the story. We want to do something. But you have to guarantee that we're first because all the reality shows are going to try to get this story. And I thought, well, hell yes Carson show wants it first they can have it first so I hang up the phone they said we're going into a meeting to talk about it I hang up the phone um to call my buddy and say hey this this may be happening or somebody's pulling our leg and I couldn't get a dial tone they and I hear this screaming hey hey this is Judy Steinberg and with Good Morning America I want you in New York tomorrow uh sorry we just committed to the Tonight Show you know What what a deal Gee, you can't legally do that well Long story short, the Tonight Show actually looked at doing an uplink from Iowa. First time Johnny would ever have done it, half screen, split screen between Des Moines or from Cooper, Iowa to uh, to L.A. And then when he came out and looked at the town, he said, "Let's do the whole show from out here." And they actually talked about doing the entire show. He said it had never been done. We'll get the front cover of Time, Newsweek, all of the, all the major publications. Well, he went back, and they had some complications, and they decided instead of of going to uplink, they would uh, they would instead bring three of us out so we got to go out and be on johnny carson the first guest it was 20 minutes long um we were on before tom jones and then they replayed it on the best of carson paid us 400 bucks uh union talent fees uh but what was interesting to me the one one thing i always remember sitting on the couch and you, they call that paneling i learned that from andrew dice clay later on when i was helping him on a favor of specialist Comedians want to panel. Sit right beside Johnny. That's the big that's that's the goal in life. Here I am twenty-nine years old and I'm paneling. I'm sitting by Doc or by uh, Ed McMahon and I look down. Ed's drinking straight whiskey. <laughs> oh my god. You know, I already talked about him drinking, but I I'm swear it was straight whiskey in that coffee cup. So long story short, little town of Cooper, fifty people uh had their Centennial four weeks later after the Carson show. We had twelve thousand five hundred people show up. ABC, NBC, CBS, the Today Show, Good Morning America. Uh, it was the most unbelievable, quick. You know, it, was, it was like viral YouTube today was back when we didn't have much of any kind of internet. And that's what really kicked, jump started my career, obviously. I got to appear on all the networks and it was fun. And then all of a sudden, they left. And I was working for the cable company and working with HBO. HBO is just beginning. And we started doing these things called HBO free previews where you'd sit at home and we would dump HBO down on, on a low channel like preamp C-SPAN or something down on channel two, three, four, five, somewhere in there. And then you'd come home and say, hey, Mars, they're, they're, we got free HBO. Somebody must be messing with the cable outside. So they'd watch a free movie and then I'd jump on and say, hey, if you like this, call us right now, 1-800, whatever the phone number was, and we'll get your cable. Well. It went really well, and we were selling a bunch, but I was traveling all over the United States to our different cable companies doing this because you had to do it individually. And then I thought back to the Carson show where they were talking about satellite TV. And I thought, well, if they could broadcast from Iowa, why couldn't we do this and go to all of our companies and do it all, all of our cable outlets in South Bend, Indiana, Dallas, Texas, and just do it one feed from, from Des Moines, Iowa? So I called all the HBO contacts and got two or three no's. And then finally the head tech guy said, yeah, we can send you a satellite uplink up. Uh, let's do it. So they sent us a satellite uplink. First time in Iowa it had ever been uplinked and anything had been uplinked. And we brought it in and we went up to see all the deal. And that weekend sold $16 million worth of HBO uh, product in, in that weekend. So then it really, the career really shot from there and, And as a cable company sold, I started my own production company and did this for, you know, um, Adelphia or not Adelphia, uh, Comcast and uh, Time Warner and all these different cable companies and did that for about 10 years um, and then started doing television programming of our own. But ultimately, at 50, I decided I was going to I was going to. maybe hang it up and because I've been traveling and all that maybe has been life crisis. But then I ran a zoo for five years. And then finally, uh, as that went well, uh, I became the uh, director of the lottery. But one other fun, you know, I always liked new ideas. And one of the other things that came out of the Johnny Carson uplink idea, and remember my letters failed 43 of the 44 times, but that one that UPI called set off a whole deal. But it also allowed us to try to do some other types of programming. For example, Iowa has the presidential caucuses and the presidential caucuses um, in Iowa, of course, are broadcast worldwide, but when it was happening in the early days, everybody wanted to go to a farm and show pigs as part of the presidential campaign. And the folks who run principal financial and Wells Fargo and all these big corporations in Des Moines kept saying, why can't we get something or programming that looks better than that? So, they came to me, and they said, hey, you're doing a lot of TV stuff and uplinks. Uh, can, can't can we do an entertainment show from here? I thought, yeah, that'd be cool if we if we had a The night before the caucuses began, just say thank you. Put all the candidates on the front row. And just say thanks for running. Not do anything political or anti-them, because everybody's going to bash them for the next nine months. Let's just do a fun entertainment show. So I picked up the phone, and I saw Al Schwartz was his name, executive producer of Dick Clark Productions. And I dialed directory assistance, and I, my guy, in five minutes, I got right to him. He said, you know, we could do that. I like the idea, but he said, we don't have airtime. We could produce it for you. And I, uh-huh. Who else has airtime? I thought, Bob Hope. So I just called directory assistance and got a hold of Bob Hope Enterprises and down in Burbank, called the phone and his business manager answered. He says, hey, you know, I'm going to talk to Bob. He's out golfing right now. And they called back and said, we really like the idea. We have four shows a year. Why don't you come to New York? To, uh, can you be in New York tomorrow night? He's got a show with Rosemary Clooney in New York. Let's go ahead and let's let's talk about this because we could bring in, you know, they were bringing in Brooks Shields for their specials and have all the candidates and we could just put it on NBC. I thought, oh my God, this all came out of an idea that we would failed at with Johnny Carson to satellite uplink and do something like this from Des Moines, Iowa. I make a long story short, they wanted a million bucks just to do it. We weren't gonna get any commercials or any way to recoup our monies because we had all these national companies that would have done it. So it fell through. But I always said that was one of the more favorite failures that we had, but still still a lot of fun.
1: But look at um, you now through all through all those failures, Terry.
0: Well, that's what made it. that's what I I tell my kids and everybody else. You know, most people they have a new idea or project. Everybody's got the million dollar idea. But when they have a project, um and they and they do it, and they fail the first time, they just quit. And you just got to revamp and and just keep going. And, and the end of the career was probably the most infamous, I guess you could say. Uh, I was sitting as lottery director. I still did some TV at the time, uh, do a lot of radio talk shows, that sort of thing. But all of a sudden, we found out that there was a guy that worked for a vendor of our lottery that may be rigging the lottery. And it just didn't feel right. And ultimately, we busted him, and he he was doing this nationwide. He was the security director of a of a, the multi state lottery association and uh when we busted him, it took two hot dogs and bigfoot before we got it all done but that that has been a big one in the uh, if you watch c n b c American greed did a whole feature that we were on on that, and also the game show network did an hour special and I wrote a book about all the things that happened, just is documented, and and it's been optioned for. Uh, I think you'll see that in the next year or so. Uh, it'll feel more like a Tiger King, I think, uh, type of uh, documentaries. So when you were on Johnny Carson,
1: Terry, uh, you told a story about Doc Severinsen that uh, <laughs> that
0: uh yeah. Yeah. just yeah. You, just you, for. <laughs>
1: just for uh just to tell people who Doc Everton is uh, cuz he is a older gentleman um he was uh Johnny Carson's tonight show band leader uh Johnny had a couple others but um Doc was the primary one and uh so I just want to give a little history on who Doc was there before you uh, yeah. told the story there
0: So you go into this Tonight Show and Doc's across leading the deal, and all of a sudden I start thinking, wait a minute, I've met Doc because I booked him in to play a performance at the university. I was going to Iowa State University to, you know, do a concert. So I'm sitting there. We go to the first commercial, and Ed's sitting by me. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine, Yeah, I said this isn't the first time I've been near celebrities. He says, Oh, what's that all about? And I, I told him, and and I didn't think much about it, but all of a sudden the lights come back up after the commercial and. And Johnny says, well, welcome back. We've got, you know, guests from Cooper, Iowa. And Ed says, Johnny, Terry's kind of told me a story during the break. I said, well, yeah, uh, I didn't know what to say. You're in front of 23 million people. You're live. And, of course, he said I had to say it. So I said, okay, yeah, I knew Doc Severinsen because I brought him into a concert, but uh, he went in and I went to the bathroom by that's, that's celebrity. I, I'd never done that before. And Johnny goes, Whoa, 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 that's kind of weird. And I yelled, remember me doc? And that's how I ended. I just told all those people that I'd feed beside docs <laughs> Did, did doc remember you? Uh, he wasn't even watching. He was over having a cigarette. I think. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> When the lights go down, the band members, everybody else, they don't listen to the guests. They don't usually. But it was fun. Afterwards, everybody's, you know, piling around. But that was an experience few people have experienced in life. And, you know, at 29, it, it really was a it really was a, a, kind of the set of my career. So, Terry, let's get to know you on a personal level. Um, uh,
1: you started a, or you wrote a book called Dare to Dream, Dare to Act. And the first line of your book is, it all started with a cup of coffee.
0: That cup of coffee was how we came up with the idea. The farmer called me in to uh, Cooper and said, hey, can you give us some ideas? And we sat and brainstormed it. That's kind of, you know, I, I, I tell, and I do a lot of brainstorming or new idea sessions with companies. And I always say, you got to break it down to two. The first is daring to dream, which means you take a bushel basket and you try to get a hundred quick ideas. No judgment is the big thing. You, you just put those ideas. And then secondly, as a group you get together prioritize those ideas and you have to dare to act you have to do it most people are afraid to make a decision or try something new and uh, that's kind of what the book's based on and i do just uh, a lot of uh, public speaking to a lot of companies and and conferences and and uh, that's been a really good one on innovation how to create an innovative environment within your community and then do you have the same breakfast every
1: day because i know you have your own lucky breakfast as well
0: uh, yeah, when I came out of the cable company, uh, and went into doing my own thing and people say, well, how do you make money? You know, what's the million dollar idea? Well, I did with what I knew, satellite uplinks. So I was doing these satellite uplinks for HBO. I went to a company called TCI, which at that point was the largest cable company. And I got there early. And so I didn't have anything to do. So I went over and I got a hash brown cinnamon roll and medium diet Coke from McDonald's. I walked in to pitch the idea, and uh, I was going to pitch the idea to 125000 to do one of the weekends for this company. And the guy that went in with me that knew him said, let's go in. He went in and he said, hey, this is a great idea. The guy sounds good. Let's do it. And he said, how much does it cost? He said, $200,000. I'm thinking this guy just made 75 grand off me, but actually we walked out. He said, no, I'll get the direct mail. You go ahead and do it. They they spent And if I would have done it for 125, I probably would have been bankrupt. My company would have gone under, but that went well, but I had to go back to finalize. I went back the next week and uh, this head of TCI came in and he says, what are you doing here? And I'm thinking, Oh, I said, well, I'm here to talk about the free preview HBO for your company. He said, Oh, he said, I'm so mad. He said, uh, the head of Showtime started a company called Encore. And he said, We added this to everybody's bill for a buck, and all the attorney generals across the U.S. are suing us. So we need to make sure they buy it rather than just give it to them and charge a price. Could you do this for Encore, the same that you're doing for HBO? I said, Sure. He said, Well, it cost me $200,000 for three days. How much does it cost me for a month? I paused. I thought, I gave him an answer. He said, "Great, I'll give you half the money tomorrow, and you have it up within the next week." So that same morning, when I went back the second time, I had that same lucky breakfast. So every time I did a big TV production, I always have that McDonald's lucky breakfast. <laughs> Has it worked uh, ever since that day for you? Every time that you've had it, you're darn right it does. And you know, it's part of a positive attitude. A lot of people, I, I, I'm a little superstitious. I try I have a lucky suit. I have a lucky shoes. If I'm going in to pitch something big. Uh, I will always have my McDonald's Lucky Breakfast, and it's more just to put my mind, you know, in the right perspective, getting ready to rock and roll.
1: Now, did I also see for the Iowa Lottery that you've helped raise over a billion
0: dollars as well? Not only raise, I gave away a billion bucks. Gave away more. Because I was in charge of the lottery, yeah, we gave away a billion dollars to different, you know, customers and big jackpots, Powerball, uh, Mega Million. When, uh, when I was the head of the CEO of the Iowa Lottery.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, I think Ed, Ed McMahon was also part of the
0: lottery or some form of the lottery. I think the Publishers Clearinghouse. He was like a sort of Yeah, the Publishers Clearinghouse is a form of a lottery, but it's not really a state lottery. Ray Charles. We've had a lot of different celebrities over the years that helped. We had all the NFL Hall of Famers help us with a promotion a few years back. But yeah, it's a uh, it, it was a way to be able to to touch and see some big things. And seems like I, you know I could say. Uh, Let's bet when I'm going to sneeze on this interview and and I could raise a 100,000 dollars right away. People love to bet for some reason. <laughs> well, uh Terry, so uh what are you up to
1: these days um now?
0: Well, I'm uh I've been uh, doing a lot of public speaking. I love doing conferences, especially on the 80-billion-dollar gamble. How that uh, lottery ticket, uh, Bigfoot and two hot dogs helped solve the largest lottery fraud in US history. So I travel the country. It's really kind of fun. In fact, I I just before all the COVID-19 stuff hit, I was in Germany uh, doing a speech. So I've been doing it internationally and it's it's a perfect gig for kind of retirement uh, in that I do it when I want to. And then if I travel, I just open up those dates. So I'm doing that and I'm still uh, uh, filling in host on an iHeartRadio talk show, which is kind of fun, too. So keeping busy. But uh, like anything else, it's fun to learn and meet new people like you and, and do good things. Oh, thank you so much. You're you're very kind, sir. And um actually I also
1: wanted to say I don't think I'm that far away from you. I'm actually uh, south of you in Kansas City, Missouri.
0: Oh you're real close, yeah. You got some good barbecue down there and the Chiefs and all the good things. Yeah, we get down there. In fact, I'm headed to the Ozarks, which is also of course in Missouri. Absolutely. Early.
1: Absolutely. Oh really? You have a conference there?
0: Uh nope, vacation. We've been oh, vac- going there for thirty five years, yeah.
1: Oh gotcha, yeah well anyways if you're ever in town definitely uh let let me know
0: i'll do that for sure absolutely
1: yeah so terry i have one more question for you sir um what advice do you give to someone who wants to get into the tv uh
0: realm of things uh doing doing celebrity talent uh it's basically you raise your hand and do anything i i I mean, you might have some morals of things you would not do, but uh, I tried to, anytime somebody said, hey, no one wants to do this, I'd raise my hand and volunteer and do it. And it's, you never know where the break's going to come. And uh, you continue to learn, you know, getting coaching on either acting or voice work um, uh, and, and just the experience. Being an extra in a in a movie is an experience because you're watching what the camera guy's doing. You're learning all the things that people are doing that make them successful to allow you to take the next step
1: that's definitely true I also used to do a little bit of production assistant uh on uh at Paramount Studios myself but uh that's a whole other story so uh yeah but yeah uh well anyways uh Terry thank you so much for your time sir um and I do want to tell people about the book one more time uh what is the name of the book and, and where can they find it
0: so there are two books. They're both on Amazon. If you just Google or you know put the search in Amazon of Terry Rich author, you'll see Dare to Dream, Dare to Act, which talks about innovation, and the other one, which uh, we've optioned for uh, we think fund production here in the next few years, is called the 80 billion dollar gamble, and that's the lottery fraud. Uh, that's lottery for, for both of them on an Amazon Kindle, and uh, um, and you can get them audio Audible too. I will post the link to uh, the books where people can
1: find it once I post this uh, this interview on, on my site. So, uh, well, Terry, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Always great to talk to you. Yes, sir. Same, same. Thank you so much, Terry. You bet.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and have them like the Great Scott Podcast Facebook page.